Welcome to Rest-Based Weight Loss, the podcast series that gives you the tools you need to lose weight effortlessly and keep it off forever. After struggling with my weight for years, I eventually came to learn that weight issues are not diet and exercise issues. Weight issues are stress issues. Today, I am a certified nutrition consultant, stress management coach, and lifestyle coach on a mission to teaching women how to transform their mind, their body, and their health from the inside out. Now, let's jump into today's episode. A couple of weeks ago, I reposted something on Instagram. Um, it was a meme that said that counting calories to lose weight is about as relevant as Ask Jeeves. <laughs> And the person that posted it was like, do you remember Ask Jeeves? Did you ever get any of your questions answered from Jeeves? Neither did I. (laughs) Um, So basically, she was just kind of making the comparison um, of, you know, calorie counting, yes, being available as a source of information for weight loss. But as far as its um, relevancy for sustainable weight loss, uh, counting calories on a daily basis, is it's not relevant. And it was really cool. I mean, kind of being in this space now and seeing so many other fitness professionals now talking about um, the quality of your calories versus just counting the quantity, um, both coming in and going out. So the quality of calories that you're burning and the quality of calories that you're consuming versus, you know, just the input and output. Uh, It's really cool to see that now. And, you know, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, when I was in the middle of my frustrating journey, it was all about calories. I mean, nobody talked, at least not the, and I did a lot of research. Nobody talked about the quality of calories. Nobody talked about the hormonal impact of weight loss. Nobody talked about that. And one of the things that I learned, I was watching, I was watching a, um, <clears throat> a podcast recording from Dr. Mark Hyman And he was interviewing someone who was talking about calories and, oh, you know, what they were saying is that this, the, the research behind burning a certain number of calories and consuming a certain number of calories, as far as energy input and output, that's, it's, that's based on physics. So calorie counting is, uh, it's, it's a physics phenomenon. But when we're talking about weight loss, weight loss is a biochemical phenomenon. So we can't apply a physics phenomenon to biochemistry. And that's why it doesn't work over the long term for most people. Um, There are certain people who can count calories and they, they put themselves in a calorie deficit And they keep themselves focused on that and they lose weight, no problem. Um, But then there are a lot of other people who have other hormonal things happening. They have uh, cortisol issues. They have estrogen, progesterone issues. 
Um, they have testosterone issues. They have androgen issues. They have adrenaline and noradrenaline issues. So if, if there are other hormones going on that are out of balance in the body, then calorie counting is only going to get that person so far in their weight loss journey. Um, calorie counting is only going to get them so far to a plateau before, before not, not only do, will they no longer progress in their weight loss, but, and here's what I want to talk about in this episode, but then, um, the damage to the metabolism, um, begins to stick. So when we operate, when we put ourselves in a calorie deficit, we're already transforming our metabolism and our metabolism begins fighting back by uh, raising our hunger and decreasing our energy in order to decrease that calorie deficit. But if we fight against the, that, the response, our metabolic response, the more and the longer we fight against it without giving into the binge sessions or skipping the workout and sleeping in, the more that we fight against that, that, uh, you know, our physical response, then the deeper and deeper we go into metabolic damage, the further and further we go to uh, damaging our metabolism to a point of no return. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second, but just in case this is your first time listening, hello, my name is Lene Urban. Um, I'm a nutrition and lifestyle coach, and I believe that the source of all weight loss or the source of all weight issues and weight gain is stress. That's my conviction. I believe that stress is the source of all weight gain. I believe that stress is the source of people's inability to be able to lose weight both directly and indirectly. Um, And why is that? Because when you have stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline that are constantly elevated, when those hormones are present, your body's ability to burn fat turns off. The light switch for fat burning shuts down. And so we're now living in a time, uh, we're living in a time in our society where we are constantly, we are living lifestyles that have our cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline frequently and constantly at an elevated state. And so when people are, you know, living in that elevated state of stress, and then uh, they go to diet, you know, by creating a calorie deficit, they go to exercise by creating a calorie deficit, they don't realize that they're increasing those levels of cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. So not only are they stressed out because of work, family, relationships, finances, those things, but then they decide, oh, I'm, I need to lose some weight. Let me go to the gym. Let me diet. But dieting and going to the gym also elevates cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. So you have a whole demographic of people who are doing, quote unquote, everything right, and they're not getting, they're not losing the kind of weight that they, that they feel they should expect to lose based on the amount of effort that they're putting in. Does that make sense? So there, you know, there are people that are getting results. There are people that lose weight, you know, they lose 15, 20, 30, 50, 60 pounds, but then they stall. They have maybe another 30, you know, 40 pounds left to lose, but they can't seem to get below 
that initial weight loss that they were able to achieve. And then what starts happening to many people, um, many of those people then start to gain the weight back. And so, you know, you have demographics of people that um, were able to achieve weight loss by doing something extreme, um, usually around calories, some sort of calorie restriction or really intense exercise. So they were able to, you know, lose a certain amount of weight, their weight loss stalled. Um, and now we have a, a lot of people that are stuck at that, at that particular, you know, that stall weight, they still have maybe another 30 to 40 pounds left to lose, but they're stuck. And then you have the demographic of people that keep getting down to that point before they start gaining the weight back. And, you know, for years, it's been a back and forth struggle of, you know, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight. So, you know, part of the reason, especially if, especially for people who are, who are constantly have found themselves on this journey for years and have found themselves, especially those people who have found themselves losing a big chunk of weight and then gaining back, gaining it back multiple times over. The reason why calorie counting damages the metabolism is because whatever you did to create the calorie deficit that led to your initial, you know, big grouping of weight loss in the process of you losing that weight, your metabolism began adapting to what you were doing so that that particular method to create a calorie deficit becomes little by little over time becomes more and more ineffective. I'll say that again. So whatever you did to create the calorie deficit that led to your initial weight loss in the process of you losing that weight, your metabolism was adapting and readjusting itself in order to make that process of calorie burning less efficient so that by the time you get to, let's say, you know, six months for three, four, five, six months down the road, that exercise, that diet that you were doing, the way that you were eating and how you were exercising no longer is burning the same amount of calories that it once was when you first started. Not only that, but now your metabolism has adapted so that it is, um, exporting a decreased amount of calorie, a decreased amount of calories during physical activity than it, than it was before. So that means that the amount of calories that you were burning at rest and the amount of calories that you burn during your exercise, those are all now, uh, you know, maybe 30, 30, 35%, maybe up to 40%, um, lower than it was before you started trying to lose weight. That is your metabolism's way of trying to keep you alive and to keep enough fat on you in case you uh, don't have access to, to food. So our metabolism was created and designed to keep us alive during periods of feast and famine. So back in the day when our ancestors 
didn't, you know, they didn't always have an overabundance of food, right? Because of the seasons that they went through, seasons of of harvest and seasons of seed time um, and, you know, and no, no refrigeration. So they couldn't grow and, you know, grow a lot of food. They couldn't kill animals and preserve them through the winter time, right? So the metabolism was designed for us to, um, for us to pack on the pounds during periods of feasting and to keep those pounds and to reserve enough of those pounds and reserve enough of those fat stores on our bodies during periods of famine in order to, to, in order to keep us alive. So the metabolism, when we put ourselves in a calorie deficit, when we start dieting, and then you add on top of that, the fact that, you know, for some people, then they also start exercising. What you're signaling to your metabolism is that it's the famine has arrived or it's winter time. So we don't have as much access now to, uh, to the harvest, right? We're, we're, about, we're going through now the period of famine or we're going now through the period of winter time where food and sustenance will be um, a lot less stable and a lot less steady. So that's what you're signaling to your metabolism. And because your your metabolism was designed during that specific time, that specific time of famine and winter time, during that time, your metabolism is designed to now slow down. And what does that mean? That means that every calorie now that you intake, your metabolism uh, holds on to... A, a larger percentage of those calories and, and stores it straight to your fat cells. And then it only burns a small percentage of those calories for energy, like the minimum amount that's needed. And that's what your metabolism is designed to do in order to keep you alive during periods where you don't have, where you're not going to have access to a lot of food. So you going on a diet and you going to the gym is signaling to your metabolism that it's famine time, okay? And so your metabolism now goes to work in making that transition in order to slow down so that the, you know, the cheeseburger or the french fries or the ice cream that you would have on your cheat day, now more of the calories from those foods are going straight and being stored straight into your fat cells now than they were before you started dieting. I hope that makes sense. Now, people find, a lot of people find that as soon as they start, especially uh, as soon as they start exercising, and if they start exercising intensely, that their appetite goes up. That is your, that's your metabolism's response to, um, to extraordinary physical, physical exertion is to increase your hunger in order to replace, you know, uh, some of those calories that you burn during exercise. And then a lot of people also find that when they go on a diet, right, when they start restricting calories, when they start depriving themselves, when they start cutting out sugar or cutting out fat or cutting out carbs, um, a lot of people find that they now start having an increased craving for really <coughs> high fat, high sugar, high calorie foods. So they they start, you know, they there's a calorie deficit and now all of a sudden like, 
a few days later, they're having a really intense craving for pizza or they're having a really intense craving for cookies or a really intense craving for ice cream. Why specifically those foods? It's because the amount of calories and the amount of fat and the amount of sugar, there, there's a lot of calories, fat, and sugar that's packed into that one, that one punch, that one cookie. There's a lot of fat, a lot of sugar in that one cookie. There's a ton of fat, a ton of carbs in that slice of pizza. And that's your metabolism's way of trying to replace those calories in a quick, efficient manner, right? By by um, making you crave really high calorie foods. So instead of, you know, getting all of those calories from like, you know, chicken and broccoli and tossed in coconut oil, and you would have to eat like two and a half servings of that in order to get back those calories, your metabolism was like, well, the most efficient way is for us to eat a couple slices of pizza. We can get the same calories. We can get the same fat. We can get the same carbohydrates in a couple slices of pizza faster than we can in cooking and dishing up, you know, two servings of grilled chicken and broccoli cooked in coconut oil with sweet potatoes. Do you know what I'm saying? So the damage comes in with your metabolism in that for those of you that you go on a diet, you exercise, and then you ignore your metabolism signals of trying to recoup those calories. You ignore it, right? So you fight the cravings and you pull yourself out of bed, even though you're tired and you don't want to, you pull yourself out of bed and you go to the gym and you fight through your metabolism signals. That's now when the damage starts coming in. So your metabolism will start fighting back even more. It will decrease your energy even more. It will, um, uh, it will increase your cravings even more. Okay. And if you, if you don't give in at that point, then what you have successfully done is you successfully uh, put yourself into starvation mode where your metabolism now is fighting. Your metabolism will continue to fight you to get you to eat that chocolate cake. It will fight you emotionally, physically, mentally. It'll fight you to give in to that slice of cheesecake. It'll fight you to give in to those couple slices of pizza. Okay. It'll fight you to uh, make your workout seem like it's an in- it's going to be an insurmountable, super hard, uncomfortable, painful workout in your mind while you're laying in your warm, comfy bed after your alarm goes off. Your metabolism is going to impact you emotionally and mentally uh, in order to get you to <clears throat> to skip that workout in order to save and preserve energy. So the more that you fight against that, then the the more damaged your metabolism becomes. And I will have to, and, and I'll say right now that I know specifically, I know of, and I know I talk to, and I work, I've worked with women who were intense, intense, intense exercisers, exercising five to six times a week, you know, uh, an hour, an hour and a half, two hours a day, doing two a days, doing a hour workout in the morning, an hour workout in the, in the afternoon, um, eating extremely clean, very, very clean, no cheat days, like no sugar, uh, just eating really clean. And they were in the best shape of their lives and they looked, they, their bodies looked phenomenal. And now fast forward to, you know, four or five, six years later, now their bodies are, 
broken, essentially. They've put on a bunch of pounds either after they had kids or after they went through menopause. They packed on, you know, 30 to 40, 50, 60 pounds for some of them. And that weight is not budging. It's not moving. And it's because their metabolism is damaged. And, uh, you know, and for some that damage has led to that damage looks like thyroid issues. That damage looks like um, uh, Hashimoto's disease or Graves disease. And there's, I mean, there's some, there are some forms of metabolic damage that are impossible to reverse. So before, so this is why, you know, for those that believe that downloading my fitness pal and making sure that you stay within your calorie window, for those of you that believe that that is what is going to, that that's the answer for, in order for you to achieve your weight loss goals over the long term. I'm telling you that it's not. Um, what will achieve your weight loss goals over the long term is it's the quality of calories, the quality of calories that you eat and the quality of the calories that you burn. So you want to eat calories that they may not, they may be high calorie on paper. Um, they may not be, uh, you know, the specific types of diets that people that, that especially that are popular today. Um, but what they do, those calories is they satisfy your hunger over the long term. So that on an average, on a, on a 72 day average, you're actually consuming less calories overall, but you're not feeling the hunger. You're not feeling the cravings and you're not feeling that dip in energy. Okay. Um, and then the quality of calories that you burn. Yeah. On paper, doing 30 minutes of cardio burns more calories than doing 30 minutes of weightlifting. However, with cardio, the amount of calories that you burn, they stop after that cardio session is over. Whereas with weightlifting, your body is burning more calories 24 to 48 hours after your workout as it tries to recoup and recover from the workout. So over a 72 hour period, you've burned a lot more calories because of the recovery from the workout than you did from that 30 minute cardio session. Does that make sense? So when it comes to counting calories, I believe that for sustainable in order to get the body that you actually want and to keep that body, I believe that we we have to look at the quality of calories versus just counting the number, okay? Um, I hope that that was helpful, and I hope that that will inspire you to, 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 to start looking for alternative ways to be able to sustain, to sustain what you're doing uh, in order to lose weight. All right, that's all I have. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss Podcast Series. Once again, I'm your host, Lene Urban, and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Hey there, I am looking for a group of 30 women who are willing to take on the Rest-Based Weight Loss Challenge. If you have 25, 50, 75 pounds to lose and you don't want to lose it with hard exercise and extreme dieting, then go to operationfixmylife.com slash coaching and sign up for the Rest-Based Weight Loss Challenge today.